Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And this isn't our normal day of launching an episode. However, um, a lot has been going on with catching up and doing interviews. And yeah, anyway, I'm here today. I was actually thinking about how they used to call, I think there was no name actually. When I first started the podcast, I did it alone and it was still just called a podcast. Whereas now we've gotten a little fancy and when people do episodes alone, they call them solo casts. So <laughs> today is a solo cast. It's just me, me and you. And I wanted to talk to you about something that I'm asked about so much, which is Reiki and intuition and what intuition has to do with Reiki, if they're even in relationship, if one is supposed to be practiced with the other. I have so many thoughts on this. So I think this is a very important episode, in my opinion, for practitioners, um, because we do we are exposed to so many different opinions and points of views out there. And I always say, and I'm going to say this before I even share my points of view with you, use your own discernment and go with what feels most resonant and true for you. Now, I personally, whenever I am given any information, I not only go with what makes sense to me, but I also am very investigative. So, you know, I don't necessarily 100% agree or disagree as much as I give myself an opportunity to uh, take things in and see what my personal experience with it may be. And if it's something that I personally haven't experienced, I don't have a rigid opinion about it either way because. I don't know what's true. You know, um, it makes me think of there are a lot of practices and things within our realm of spirituality that a lot of people feel called to that I personally don't feel called to, but it doesn't mean that I think it's right or wrong. It doesn't mean that I believe it to be true or not. I just don't have the experience with it. And so therefore, I don't formulate a rigid opinion around it. So anyway, Let's talk about Reiki and intuition, um, what makes sense and what doesn't. But before we get into that, I just want to share with you some things that have been going on over here in my world. Um, one of the reasons I have been so busy here as the year is wrapping up is because I have the Alchemy Circle, which is ongoing, and we meet every Tuesday and Thursday. But over the last couple of weeks, I've also been teaching the Pulse of Reiki. And many of you know who have been around for a while, I have had um, an online class called Reiki Tools, which I still have available. And I put, to, put that together many years ago because I realized that a lot of us have more questions after our classes. And um, sometimes we just need support and going deeper into our practice. So Reiki Tools just goes deeper into the practice of different techniques within the system of Reiki. And that class is meant for people who are level two or level three practitioners. And it's on demand, so people take it at their own pace. But I noticed that I have been getting more questions in the same arena. And I believe part of it is because I participated in the Reiki Rays Global Healing Summit. And so I received emails with people wondering how I practice, what my personal tips are, what has worked for me, these types of things. So I put together a class called Pulse of Reiki and it's live. And we started two weeks ago. It has been incredible. <laughs> I just want to say for everyone who is participating in that class, thank you so much for showing up. It really is an honor to be able to share with all of you, to practice with all of you. But more importantly, a lot of your questions and your points of view on what you share also contribute to my learning and my growth. So um, we've been having a lot of fun with that. Uh, one of the things I think is most interesting and what 
makes me feel so full of gratitude is although everyone participating in the class are already level two or level three practitioners, they have shared that they are learning so much more and they're starting to understand different concepts within the system much more than they had before. So I'm thankful that I get to work with practitioners and teachers, whether or not they were attuned by me, whether or not they took an official Reiki class with me, we can still go into the space to deepen practice. And um, I'm sharing this with you because since this is going so well, and I truly am enjoying it, I plan to do the Pulse of Reiki again. It won't be until sometime next year, possibly early in the year, but stay tuned for that. If you do want to refine your practice, if you are questioning technique, or even if there are things in the system that you just want to understand and have more clarity around. And another thing that I say is we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes practitioners will come in and not realize there was so much within the system that they didn't know, hadn't heard of, or just didn't understand. And so I I really enjoy having this space with you all. And if you missed it this time, be sure that you're on my newsletter so that you get the invitation for the next time we start. Speaking of newsletters, I also wanted to let you know, um, if you sign up for the newsletter, you get access right away to two free downloads. One is called Creating with the Moon and Stars. The other is called 22 Days of Transformation. Both are meant to support you in your work of energetic alchemy. However, there are upcoming classes and there is a free online class that is a live event that I teach every single January. And if you want to join me, you have to sign up for the newsletter because that's where the link will be. Actually, um, the link to join will be in the newsletter as well as on the app. So if you haven't downloaded the Energetic Alchemist app yet, be sure to do that too, because there's more, more tools, tips, and information for you. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform, you can watch the video of this through the app. So sometimes um, the videos may not be posted publicly, but... Sometimes they will be available on the app. So go to the Google App Store, uh, Google Play for uh, Androids, or go to the Apple App Store if you have an iPhone and download the Energetic Alchemist app. Just look for the Energetic Alchemist and you will see it. The last thing I wanted to tell you before we get into our discussion, which I'm so excited about, is that there is new merch coming. I am a big hoodie person. <laughs> I tend to run cold. I'm always cold and I love a good hoodie. Um, I also love t-shirts and jeans. Like I'm very casual in that way. But I have been saying for the longest time, I, there are a couple of things that I wanted. I love my logo with the scarab. And so I have wanted a coffee cup with the logo and I have wanted a good hoodie with the logo. So it's finally here. So if you want any hoodies or t-shirts or anything that have the beautiful Energetic Alchemist logo on it, that will be available for you by the end of this month. Um, right now, I'm just letting all of the samples come in so I can make sure the quality is really good for you before it goes live. I wore the Energetic Alchemist hoodie yesterday and it is my favorite. I have to admit, I love the color. The blue is gorgeous, but it's really soft on the inside. And then today, if you're watching the video, you can see I have on the Reiki Radio hoodie and I'm wearing this one in black. They come in black and blue. Um, and this one I love too. It's a little tighter fitting, so I might have to make some adjustments to that. But anyway... If you've ever wanted some of the merch, it will be available for you the end of the month. So if you're on the newsletter, of course, you will get the link for that, or it will also be live on the website and on the app. So that is it for the updates. Um, oh, no, it's not. Actually, there's one more thing I wanted to say before we start. We just had the last new moon 
of 2023, a few days ago on the 12th, 1212 was the new moon in Sagittarius. Now, the new moon, as I'm sure most of you know, is the time that we set new intention. And it's really where we're planting those seeds of consciousness with what we want to nurture and grow and expand into. And interestingly, this time of year for a lot of us tends to be that time where we are reflecting on what we want to do in our life, like what direction we want to take, um, which way we're headed on our path, what changes we want to make, all of these sorts of things. And the beauty of Sagittarius energy is it brings in that, that essence of optimism. It also encourages us to aim higher and to really allow ourselves to go on that quest, seeking truth, seeking higher wisdom, um, you may be feeling more philosophical and just having this urge to grow beyond wherever you are now, whether that is in mind, whether it is through experience, maybe it's through travel, whatever it may be, Sagittarius really activates that in us. So this new moon really carries that essence. However, the day after, which was yesterday, December 13th, Mercury also went in retrograde. Now, this is a nice complement to a new moon, I think, because the Mercury being in retrograde also brings in this energy of reflection. So before we solidify any new plans or the way that we're moving forward or what we intend to do in the new year or in our new cycle or phase of life, Mercury retrograde is going to say, but just take a beat and reflect a bit. What have you grown through? What lessons have you learned throughout 2023? Are there any things that you are still allowing yourself to grow through, to learn through, to heal? Are there any loose ends to tie up? Is there anything you need to circle back around to, to make adjustments to, or to make sure that you are seeing, knowing, and understanding various aspects of your life with clarity. Is there anything that you need to clarify? So this retrograde um, will last for a couple of weeks, leading us right up and into the new year. So you may notice that things come into your awareness for reflection anyway. However, you can also consciously choose to give yourself that openness, that space to be a little reflective as you are considering as well what you will be aiming for in the new year. Now, one last thing is next week, I believe it is the 21st or the 20th, I forget, but it's next week. The sun is going to move out of Sagittarius and into Capricorn. So where we feel very expansive right now and really, um, allowing ourselves to envision into that field of all possibility and potential and really feeling activated with what it is we want to do, create, and all of these things, that Capricorn energy is going to come in and say, pull back a little bit and get very practical with these ideas and have consideration for um, what makes sense, <laughs> what makes sense and how we're getting things done. So it's not just the exploration of, of coming to know, see and understand in a higher way, but how do we take that wisdom and ground it in, in a practical way and apply it to how we are contributing to our life, to our path or whatever that may be. So that will, uh, the sun will move into Capricorn next week. Also, we have the winter solstice, but if you go to sign up for the newsletter, or if you go to the app, you will see the energy of December where I give more detail about these energies and how we can best navigate them and what they bring to mind for us to reflect on. So just wanted to remind you of that. And that aside, <laughs> let's get into this conversation about Reiki and intuition. I will be with you in a second. Take a breath. We're going in. Okay, 
beautiful alchemist, Reiki and intuition. Let me tell you something about this. <laughs> this is something I am asked about probably a second to what are my tips for a Reiki practice? So, you know, that's probably the number one question, what tips I have around practicing Reiki. Number two is always around intuition and what my thoughts are as it relates to Reiki and intuition. Now, again, I would say use your own discernment and trust what your personal experience is. There are various points of view in the arena of Reiki and intuition. I even personally have teachers who I respect highly and um, really love what they have taught me about the practice of Reiki. But there are some teachers that I have and that others may encounter that don't believe the two mix and kind of encourage us to, you know, keep intuition outside of the practice. And again, I respect my teachers and um, really appreciate all that they have taught me. However, again, just like I encourage all of you, you have to use your own discernment. And so based on my personal experience, I did not adopt that those beliefs of my teachers because that was very contrary to what it is I experienced in practicing Reiki. So I recently, again, in teaching the pulse of Reiki, this kind of came up in conversation unexpectedly. And what I realized is a lot of techniques within the system point to our intuitive nature. So that alone made me stop and ask, aside from my personal experiences, the system of Reiki and the techniques within the system also point to our intuitive resonance. So how could they be separate? So I want to talk about this before I get into my personal experience, which I will share with you as well. So is our intuition Reiki relevant to Reiki? I would say absolutely 100% yes. Now, in a very generalized state at first, I would say, our intuitive nature is part of our natural design. And Reiki as a whole, the practices within the system of Reiki as a whole are helping us to refine, to purify heart-mind so that we may return to the frequency, the understanding, the functionality more resonant with our original and true nature which is to say that aspect of us that is not tainted by what we may have encountered in this life path. So we have gone through many experiences in life that have caused some sort of suffering. And I will say as a side note, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's part of our soul's journey. We grow through a lot of the challenges that we all have gone through and what we encounter. Is it always feel ideal? No, <laughs> but we really do learn a lot through um, some of the greatest challenges of our lives. They have been some of our greatest teachers. However, that being a gift of our growth, um, coming into opposition with a lot here on the realm of duality, we have the opportunity to move more into a space of having more compassion, having more understanding, having more wisdom of heart, and having more wisdom of consciousness. So a lot of what we grow through is already naturally leading us to some states of higher wisdom and um, higher awareness. But Reiki, the system of Reiki in itself, the techniques within it all point to this, returning to our original nature being um, in a space where we're able to function with clarity of mind, clarity of heart, being in that state of being more compassionate, loving beings. Everything points to this. Now, the interesting thing is that when we are practicing the techniques within the system of Reiki, one of the things that is occurring is we are clearing our energy channels and we are clearing um, different levels and states of our own consciousness 
and our emotional bodies. So with different techniques, and I'm not going to go into the detail around them, but you all that are practitioners will get the gist, right? Even through directing our minds down into the lower Dandian, into the Hara, into the base of our being, we do these practices to bring calmness to the body, the nervous system, the mind. And we use the breath. And we, again, learn techniques to help us direct the mind out of the noise and the chaos and into a state of peace and calm. These types of things, even consciously breathing divine intelligence, having an awareness of the way that energy is moving through our system, we start to, again, clear our energy pathways or to say we start to uh, purify our heart minds. So a lot of times when we do energy work, um, whether we are doing it for ourselves or someone else is facilitating it for us, we may feel very like clear and expansive and feel uh, very different than we felt prior to the experience because that that activation of harmony and balancing within our energetic self is starting to occur. And then this balancing, this movement of energy is also helping to return to a state of clarity of mind. But also in that, we may have different thoughts and emotions start to arise either immediately or you know, over the next few days. And it's because now our energy is moving in a more harmonious state where a lot of us are functioning from being uh, unclear channels. So our energy channels, our minds and our emotional bodies get congested with our stress, our fears, our doubts, our worries. And the evidence of this is not just because of the nature of our mind and the things we may say and the things we may focus on, but the body then responds to the nature of our mind. So if we are encountering a lot of stress, the body may start to feel tight. It may start to feel uncomfortable. We may start to notice physical pain. And in these practices, we learn about the interconnectedness of mind and body and how you can't separate the effect of one from the other. So the point is though, in these practices, we do things to help to clarify, to help energy to move through us with more clarity, with less resistance, which also allows our consciousness, our minds to become more clear and for that essence of you know, different aspects of our consciousness to start to move rather than being repressed and stuck or stagnant, tucked away into the unconscious. You're clearing channels. In the Reiki kanji, there is something in the original kanji that really points to us being this open, empty vessel, this empty container that is catching the spiritual rain that is catching the higher frequency of divine intelligence that is catching the essence of Reiki. And what it does is it helps us to purify so that we become a Miko or the female shaman, which is in essence, the mediator between the realms and how we do this at the bottom of the kanji, we find that we um, come into relationship with how we are in relationship to mind, to consciousness, to energy so that we can allow the steam to rise. We can allow Reiki, the spiritual rain, to nourish our bodies and our beings for the sake of our awakening. In all of this, what do you think that happens? We start to become more aware, again, of our original function, our original nature, which includes our intuition. The impact of this right away is we start to sense energetically. Now, a lot of you have heard of the clairs. We hear of clairvoyance a lot, but there are a lot of different clairs. Clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance. Um, and we recently had a podcast where a wonderful woman named uh, Ebony came to talk to us about clairtangency. But the clairs are essentially your energetic 
ability to sense, to perceive, just like we have the physical senses of our eyes, our nose, our ears, our mouth, our ability to touch and taste, right? We have the ability to also sense, perceive, and translate what is non-physical, what is energetic. And the clairs point to how we perceive and translate what is in the non-physical. Now, again, this isn't something that someone gifts to you. This is part of our natural design. But if we haven't directed our mind to these capabilities, and if we haven't given time and attention to work on, to clarify, to strengthen these abilities, we may be unfamiliar with how to function and even recognize that it's part of our design. But again, a lot of you, I'm sure, just even having a Reiki attunement, on the other side, you became aware that you were more perceptive of the non-physical. You started to sense, see, feel, and perceive energy in a whole new way. How do you think you were able to perceive that? It was intuitive. You were perceiving what was not physical. And even though we lay our hands, physically can lay our hands on another person, there is the intuitive aspect that you're able to sense and perceive what is moving or emanating from you and them, even though that aspect isn't tangible, isn't physical, isn't material. That is our intuitive ability of perception. So right there alone, our intuition isn't separate from the practice. In fact, your intuition isn't separate from your design, whether you practice Reiki or not. It's just the practice of clearing and clarifying your energy channels may make you more aware of your intuitive nature, your intuitive um, ability. So there's the clearing channels that happens. But there are also different elements within the system that we practice, that we are taught, that also point to intuition. One of these things is Reijiho. So when we learn about um, doing hands-on healing, we learn Reijiho, we learn Gasho. So Gasho is where you bring your two hands together in prayer position in front of the heart center. Gasho is really, in effect, a symbol of unification. You're bringing together um, two halves. You know, you're you're bringing and showing the alignment, the unification of all aspects of being above and below, within and without, the feminine, the masculine, anything. We are harmonizing and showing that there is no separation and bringing the hands together as one. Now, Reijiho is where you, after bringing your hands into Gasho, you lift your prayer hands up to the third eye, resting your thumbs on the back of your forehead, and you literally in that space ask to be guided, <laughs> intuitively guided, so that you may know exactly where to lay the hands when working on another in Reijiho, we're asking to be inspired and guided by Reiki, by higher intelligence, by intuition, however you want to label it. We are literally setting the intent to be guided beyond the analytical mind. So it's there. The other obvious way that we see our intuition um, within the system of Reiki after Reijiho, we often, or some people learn to, whether you perform it or not, but we learn to do Biosyn scanning. And Biosyn, you know, that means disease or sick line, but we use our hands hovering over the body to sense, to sense where we feel the habiki, where we feel any imbalance emanating from the person. Again, it's not our physical eyes 
that is necessarily going to show this to us. It's not because we're physically touching the person that we're going to have an awareness of this. Our hands are slightly hovered above the body, and yet we are sensing and perceiving that space between their body and our hands intuitively coming into recognition of what we are perceiving in a non-physical way. Very intuitive. <laughs> but another thing is, one of the most obvious is Nkaku, which also is a remote session. So on level two, we learn how to do remote sessions. And a big part of this, I'm not going to go into all the details, but a big part of it is we are learning how to dissolve the illusion of separation. So in that, we recognize there really is no separation between us and a person who may be across the country or on the other side of the world or in the next room. It doesn't matter. It could be someone who is sitting in front of you, but you're not physically touching them. The point is that physical contact with another being is not necessary to connect with them energetically. And how do we perceive and witness when we are performing in Kaku? Intuitively. A lot of practitioners will even have the experience of visually seeing themselves in connection with the person. Some people will have the visuals of uh, colors and energies and da, da, da. You can have all kinds of experiences in that space. But the nature of how you are experiencing working with someone remotely is very intuitive in nature. The fact that you can feel, sense, and tune in and harmonize and just connect with another person energetically, which we are always in connection with everyone and everything anyway, because there is no separation, but we bring our awareness to this. We learn how to become aware of this, which in of itself is very intuitive in nature. So your own personal opinion from your own personal experience, do you think intuition is relative or relevant to Reiki? The other thing that makes me think about this in terms of what the system of Reiki teaches us is we know it points to universal oneness, being one with all, separate from no thing. How could we perceive or recognize that we are separate from no thing if we're only looking from the lens of the analytical and our physical level of understanding? With my physical eyes, and through that very analytical lens, not necessarily tuning into my intuitive capability, I will look at you and see us as separate because we're in two separate bodies. You're there, I'm here. We're functioning independent of each other, seemingly. In this realm of duality, it's very easy to see and recognize separation. But through these practices and through the philosophies and teachings, not just within the system of Reiki, but in so many other um, practices and techniques, we are being pointed to, directed to, recognize and understand again and again that there is no separation between us, that we're all part of the sea of one with being connected, a part of, within the pulse of all there is. Again, how could you perceive that and experience it if not intuitively? So again, I want you to consider, those of you that are Reiki practitioners or just even meditators, whenever you have gone into a space where you have directed your mind in quieting the mind, closing your physical eyes so that you're not distracted by the material realm. And you just focus in on the breath. What do you start to notice? What do you start to experience? You start to even experience and witness yourself differently than you did 
when you were engaging with the material realm. You start to have more of an awareness of the feeling, the sense, even the visuals of energy pulsing through your body and also this, the texture, the feel, the knowing, the experience of energy pulsing in the air that surrounds you. In those spaces, we start to have the experience of oneness, recognizing that we literally are in this pulse of one energy. That recognition, that awareness is intuitive. Now, here's the thing. You're connected to all there is all the time, all the time. For those of you that are Reiki practitioners, and even not really, I mean, we're all connected to Reiki all the time. Our difference in how we are in relationship to it and our awareness of it is our direction of mind. So when we are interacting and engaging in a very, um, say like in our beta brainwaves, when we are directing our mind to what is external, we may not be as aware of the pulse of one, the pulse of that that pulse of energy and intelligence that shows and gives us the experience that we are separate from no thing, that we are in connection to each other. And we'll have glimpses of this. We'll have moments of this. Like, for example, if you watch something on TV and you see someone in their suffering, something is happening to someone. And even though it's not happening to you directly, you feel it in your body. And then you may feel compassion or sadness or whatever it may be because we feel each other. It's very intuitive. That ability to recognize and perceive one. So the point is, just within the system, just in what we are being taught, just in what the ultimate goal is, I don't think you can take intuition outside of that. It's just revealing to us more and more of the fact that our intuitive nature and ability is part of our design. Now, another thing I do think about this, though, is I could understand if teachers may not want to put emphasis on this, especially in the beginning classes, like especially as we are in level one or level two. It could be good for some people not to even put too much conscious attention on the fact that intuition is part of the puzzle. And that's because sometimes people will then want to focus more on that only or first. And the truth of the matter is that's not the safest way or even the most effective way to come into relationship with our intuitive nature. It is more important first to start from the foundation and work our way up. So again, there are a lot of things within the system that we do start with that even highlight this, like breathing and directing our mind into the Hara, into the lower Dandian. This direction of mind is helping us to come into presence of mind, having awareness of the physical vessel having awareness of what it is like being in body, being in form, being in resonance and co-resonance with earth intelligence, starting to harmonize with the physicality of being. And then we work our way up <laughs> through the system. And at some point we come into this clarifying our intuitive recognition. Now, in Reiki classes, no, we don't necessarily talk about that intuitive part, but it's still there and starts to unlock and become more prominent for a lot of people naturally. Now, the thing is, is if we are told or we believe that intuition has nothing to do with this, then we're also in denial about part of our design and may not recognize or realize that we are functioning in very intuitive ways, which also takes us out of the... uh ability to learn to work with and understand our intuition from a higher lens. But in any case, it is important to start with self-connection, with groundedness, with awareness of body and coming into and establishing our own sense of authority and then working our way up to the opening 
of all of our energy channels and harmonizing and becoming more uh, clear and receptive. Now, I'm not going to go in too much detail around that because <laughs> we're not in class. I'm just doing a solo cast to have you consider what is true for you so that you start to trust your own experience. So let's talk about that now. Aside from reflecting on what Reiki is pointing to, which is our original nature and our original nature, your design includes this intuitive aspect of your being. It's okay. What has your personal experience been? I remember that when I first started uh, with Reiki, I will say, I'll back up and say, there were a lot of different experiences throughout my life that now hindsight I recognize as intuitive recognition. But at the time, I don't know that that's really what I thought it was. I think more than anything, I was just more resistant to what I was able to perceive and even afraid of what I was perceiving because of stories and ideas and projections that other people placed on me. So coming into energy work and learning how to manage my own energy and just having more understanding of our true design, that helped me to dissipate a lot of fear and allowed me to be more curious about our functionality as a whole. But it also allowed me to be more curious about how we are able to perceive. And so after getting my um, second Reiki attunement, it was in Reiki level two, where I really started to notice that I was seeing things differently. My perspectives were starting to shift and change. Um, and I also became very hyper aware of my ability to feel and sense energies of other people and the rooms that I was in. So I had nothing to do with laying of hands. It was just if I was around another person, I started to notice like, wow, I can perceive energy that is outside of my own being. But the way that I'm perceiving it is key. And so instead of just going into fear or, you know, <laughs> just labeling people as having bad energy, I started to be curious about what I was sensing, why and how. And then when I would do hands-on healing, I started to have visuals that would come in very clearly, um, like literally whole scenes of seeing things that seemed like flashes of people's past life experiences, or I would see random images that were symbols, um, symbolism of something. Uh, I started to tune in to the presence of my own guides and these types of things. But again, I wasn't taught any of this in Reiki class, but I was curious. So I wasn't um, restricting myself by the ideas of my teachers. I went by what I was personally experiencing, which clearly was pointing to my intuition was starting to heighten and I was starting to become very aware of the non-physical realm. So I decided to study <laughs> just in the same way I took Reiki classes. I decided it was important for me to learn intuitive development. If I was going to become more open and receptive and aware of what was non-physical, it only made sense to me that I would understand how to navigate this intuitive ability and to have more understanding and clarity around how I translated what it was I was perceiving. But more importantly, it helped me to not be afraid of the fact that we are able to sense things energetically. So I took intuitive development from various lenses. I did um, a whole year-long um, psychic development program. Um, a friend of mine and I did, uh, what do you call it, mediumship training. Um, I also did classes like the Akashic Records. I, I hit intuition from a bunch of different lenses because, again, I'm curious. And I just wanted to see what the options were <laughs> and what we're capable of. So I dove into that while simultaneously continuing to practice Reiki. And what I found again is like, it was really incredible to just understand this other layer of my own design, of our own 
design. And I started to hear a lot of people talk about being empaths, which was something I had never heard of. Um, But once I heard it defined, then I could resonate with that. But now, because I was studying intuition and simultaneously practicing Reiki, I was able to marry the two and I started to understand even more how important it is for empaths to be very consciously aware of how they are managing their energy, but also how they are perceiving and translating all that they may sense. So that for me was another reason that it was so important to understand the intuitive aspect of our design, especially in working energetically with other people, because we do feel and perceive other people energetically, whether we want to say we're intuitive or not, whether you put it under that umbrella or not, a lot of you, I'm sure, can right now think of an experience where you are able to feel another person or feel an environment, and it may have had an impact on you because you didn't know how to redirect the mind be in the awareness of managing your own energy and also being outside of fear because you understood what you were perceiving. I think personally, our intuitive development is a very helpful component and goes hand in hand with the practice of not just Reiki, just the study of our human nature. Quite frankly, I think being a human, it would be beneficial to all of us to understand the nature of our design. We learn as little kids, as babies, how to walk. We learn and we're told when we're very young to chew all our food up so that we don't choke. There are things that we are taught about being a physical being, not to put your hand on fire, Look both ways before you cross the street. There is so much instruction that is given to help us understand how to safely navigate as a physical being in this body and in this world. But we are not trained and instructed of what it means to safely navigate also being an energetic being and able to perceive the non-physical. So, In all that I have studied and practiced, I really believe it is a benefit for all of us to learn some form of energy work that is going to bring us into awareness of our own functionality, our ability to heal and manage our own emotions, to support our overall functionality as a human being. With that, I also think that intuition is a big part of our development and understanding of how to function at optimum capacity. Like it's kind of like, you know, again, when we're younger, we learn critical thinking. We learn how to analyze. We learn how to problem solve. We are taught how to use our analytical minds in most effective ways. We're not taught how to trust even recognize, let alone use our intuitive nature, which is also very much a part of our natural design. So on one hand, yes, I think Reiki and intuition absolutely go hand in hand. But I also think just at a foundation, understanding our own design, our natural functionality, and if you like, the attempt to return and refine to original nature, I think it could be beneficial and uh, support all of us to have some type of energetic training and some type of intuitive development. That's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. But I will say again, and I do want to reiterate, especially as it comes with Reiki, while I personally do teach I teach Reiki classes, I teach Reiki extension classes, I teach intuitive development, and I teach both because, again, of everything I just explained to you and how important I believe it to be. But I will say, I do believe it is very important 
to start at the foundation, which is connection to yourself, awareness of being in body, learning how to just at base level direct the mind to stabilize the mind, how to become, uh, allow yourself to be the authority of your own mind, your emotion, and being in your physical being. So when people ask my opinion, no, I don't recommend that you just jump off the intuition train without first developing some foundational skills. I think that Reiki can give you those foundational skills and naturally the intuitive piece will start to open. However, I do in my personal teaching of intuition, I always start with the foundation anyway. So even if you took my intuitive training, like my intuitive mastery, or if you did intuitive Reiki, I'm going to start, I always start with you first feeling connection to you and how that also has a very intuitive component to it. But you being in connection, awareness to body and your groundedness and being stabilized and being in relationship to mind is also foundational and important. And whether you learn from me or you go off on your own and want to study somewhere else, no matter what, give yourself the benefit of starting at the base. So there's a lot within the system of Reiki that also, again, point to this. Right now, I told you I'm teaching the pulse of Reiki, and we have gone through different um, techniques, but really going into really explore them so that everyone has a deeper understanding of the purpose, the experience, and so on. And one of the things we've talked about in depth are the three jewels, which, well, I call them the three jewels, but in Reiki, you'll commonly hear them spoken of as the three diamonds. Um in Taoism, you'll hear them referred to as the uh, lower, middle, and upper Dandians. There are all different names for the same concept. But even within that, you also start at the foundation. And I'm not going to go into the detail of why and blah, 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 blah. But I'm just saying that Reiki in of itself, the system, points us, directs our minds in and if we follow the system of the teachings, we will notice there is this natural pathway of opening and awakening. And in that, you become aware, more aware of your physical beingness, as well as your energetic expression. You become more aware of your frame of mind, your consciousness on all levels, analytical, how you are choosing, how you are perceiving, but also very intuitive how you are sensing, recognizing, and perceiving energy and all that is non-physical. So a lot will open up for us naturally, whether I think we intend for it to or not. You can cause some restriction around what you become aware of if you have a very rigid ideas or point of view around being intuitive and whatever your beliefs are around that. And that's personal choice. It's fine. No judgment. However, if you are open, and as Reiki helps us to become more of an open, clear channel for a higher divine intelligence, in that there will be this natural developing of our intuitive uh, ability and recognition, but we can also support ourselves by learning more about our intuitive resonance if that so calls to you. But the point is really, I just wanted to answer the question of what my personal belief is around Reiki and intuition. And those are my thoughts. I would love to know what you all think and what your experiences have been. Have your experiences with energy work pointed to any type of intuitive recognition? Are any of you infusing Reiki and intuition? How does this work? Now, one last thing I will say, because I do think this is very important. As I mentioned before, I think a lot of teachers may stay away from the intuitive side because one, they just may not believe in it, but some of them just may not want to have their students be distracted because they know there's a tendency to be more interested in that. I will say, even as someone who is very much in relationship with my intuitive mind, I am very much work closely with my intuition. This is why I even developed an Oracle card deck. That's how 
much I love working with the intuitive mind. Um, I will say in sessions, doing Reiki very specifically, you can be very open and aware of your intuitive ability, but it's important still not to be distracted by that while in session. So I do believe that while we can be very open intuitively, it is more important in the space of facilitating Reiki sessions that we have our minds directed in, down in the Hara, stabilizing, grounding the mind, and being open, empty vessels, allowing and just observing that flow of divine intelligence, Reiki, that is emanating from us and helping to activate and harmonize the flow of divine intelligence within the person that we are holding space for. So with that, you may have awareness of like, wow, I'm seeing colors, or uh, like I said, you may see flashes or scenes of things. But just like you are trained in meditation, the key is you can observe it, but not attach to it. So you can have an awareness of what you recognize intuitively, and then very gently bring yourself back into redirecting the mind back down into the Hada, back into the flow of divine intelligence, and not be distracted by your intuitive recognition. Now, how I personally work with this is exactly that. If I'm in session and I recognize intuitive impressions, I will acknowledge them, but I will bring my awareness back down into the Hada and remain clear and just receptive, focused on the flow of Reiki. Now, when the session is over, and then I ask the person what their experience was, and then I may share with them what came through for me intuitively. And sometimes just having a conversation with the person at the end of the session will allow intuitive um, insights to return. So for me, it's more appropriate for myself to only allow myself to really like pay attention fully to the intuitive aspect once the energy session itself is complete. But while I am laying hands or doing Nkaku, my mind is directed only to being an observer of the flow of divine intelligence and the way that I am guided to direct my hands and things like this. So I know that some people do it very differently and we all have our way. I just wanted to share with you the way that I work with this because I'm asked all the time and now I won't have to say it 500 times. <laughs> you could just listen to this episode and know how I personally navigate that. But I hope that this was helpful for you. If nothing else, I hope it gives you food for thought. Don't forget, like I said at the start, use your own discernment. Look at, exam examine, and trust in your own experiences. Be mindful of what feels resonant and important for you. This is your path, your journey, your quest for truth and understanding. Um, so yeah, make sure that you also really acknowledge what feels resonant for you and what doesn't and what rings true for you and what doesn't and where you just want to expand your mind and give yourself the opportunity to continue to learn and grow. All right. That's all I have on that. <laughs> Aside from that, my beautiful loves, I just want to remind you, be sure to go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com and sign up for my newsletter. In the newsletter, again, you get access to free downloads right away, but you will also be invited to the upcoming annual free class in January, as well as you'll know when this new merch comes out, you will know what other classes and events are happening in 2024. There's just, you know, it keeps you in the loop. So go sign up for the newsletter. Also download the app. You can download it for free. Once you download it, you just register using your email address. And then there's a lot of free content on the app that you have access to. You can also pay extra if you want to do um, the membership on the app and you get access just to more content, including Oracle card readings and so much more. So there's a lot there for you to support you on your path. It has been an absolute honor to journey with you all through another year. And 
This is not the end, though. There is a new episode of Reiki Radio that will air for you on Monday. A very, very interesting conversation um, that just gives us another lens of understanding our functionality and um, just another lens on energy work as a whole. So I hope that you all have a beautiful weekend, my loves. I will see you next time. Remember to always journey in love. Bye.